Hey everyone, welcome to the Comic Vine Weekly Podcast for the week of, I don't know, February 15th, but it's for last week. I am your host, Matt Elfring. Tony Guerrero is currently in New York City at Toy Fair, so he's gone. Uh, also, Corey is not on because I'm recording on Friday and not on Monday like normal because it's President's Day and kind of want the day off. Uh, so do our best to kind of get through the comics this week, talk about the news, all that jazz, no questions, but whatever. Uh, so we will get right into the news right now. One of the uh, things that was announced recently was that uh, to celebrate the new 52, reaching 52 issues for 11 of their books, uh, DC is doing a whole month of variant covers paying homage to the number one issues. So you're going to be having 11 series that are covering that get this cover treatment. Uh, Action Comics 52 variant will be done by Ben Oliver. We have Aquaman, Batgirl, Batman, Catwoman, Detective Comics, The Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Uh, ben Oliver's not doing all of them. He's just doing action comics. So that's kind of interesting. They're just kind of doing a recreation of the number one issue. And at the same time, it's it's kind of weird because it's like, hey, these comics made it to 52 issues. And then we had, you know, 41 that didn't. Sad. Uh, but that's coming out in, in May. Was it May? Yes, it is May. It's coming out in May. Uh, it looks, I mean, the covers look cool. We have all the variant covers for this on the website, comicvine.gamespot.com. Uh, if you're questioning, why is it comicvine.gamespot.com? Uh, listen to the other podcast. We talk about that. <laughs> um, so trying to keep things moving without getting super awkward, because hosting by yourself is kind of awkward. Uh, the Batman vs. Superman trailer came out. It, still looks cool I'm, I'm still going to see it uh flash had a big week with easter eggs uh we talked to lucifer uh showrunner joe henderson about the show uh dealing with morality dealing with you know what lucifer is going to be coming or doing in this first season uh, i'm really enjoying the show so you should check it out the pilot is uh the pilot's not bad it's just okay like most pilots are so give it a shot because once it gets to the second episode and the third episode, it really picks up. So other pieces of news that we uh, didn't really talk about on the other show is Jughead and Betty were cast for the CW Riverdale show. The CW. I got to remember that. It's the CW, not CW. And <clears throat> former Disney star Cole Sprouse from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody will play Jughead. And Lily Reinhardt from Surviving Jack will play Betty Cooper. I have no idea who these people are. So, will they be good for the role? Yeah, sure. Or not. I just can't get behind the... the I can't get behind the show. I just... CW is already something that I struggle to enjoy. Uh, I mean, The Flash is one thing. I think The Flash has done really well. Legends of Tomorrow is good, not great. Uh, so... <clears throat> excuse me doing like it just gets kind of cheesy for me like too teen angsty I'm not I'm getting old I don't like the teen angsty stuff anymore maybe that's just me let us know what you think in the comment section let us know how awkward one man hosting the show is going because it can be rough uh, there are new images for the uh, Ghostbuster reboot 
It's the Ecto-2 motorbike. All right. It's it's a motorcycle with the Ghostbusters logo on it. <laughs> That's all it is. It's it, it looks cool. I'm whatever. I'm still going to see it. Anyway, why are we going to even talk about all all the there's not much news. I mean, we already covered the news on the other show. Let's let's just do something crazy because this is going to be a short episode. Uh, and let's just go right to right into comics this week. Um, let's go right to DC. A few things we can talk about here. There's some there's some really good stuff this week, guys. Really good stuff. We will start with start with Batman forty nine. Uh, this had so Scott Snyder was writing this. Greg Capullo was actually not on the art, uh, and actually James James Steinem wrote this as well. I didn't know that he's not listed on the cover. Uh, this is Yannick Paquette on art with Nathan Fairbrian on colors. This is a kind of surreal, kind of crazy, weird issue. This is all dealing with uh, Bruce becoming... This should have said this is spoilers. Eh, whatever. <laughs> this is all kind of dealing with Bruce becoming the man he once was. Becoming, you know, Batman again when the city needs him. We all knew this was coming, so I guess this isn't the biggest spoiler. Uh, it... It's, it's emotional. You get a lot of emotional moments between Bruce Wayne, uh, between Alfred, who has one arm, or one hand, I guess. Uh, there's But there's kind of these weird moments jumping back and forth that were <clears throat> a little confusing with the Batmans of other worlds, or uh, that wasn't hitting me, you know, it hit me on the nose. I just didn't know entirely what was going on. It's all cool stuff, and, like, the flow of it is insanely awesome and i really like kind of the panel comp or the page composition that uh Pe i can never pecat i always want to say like pacquio that's a boxer uh the panel composition that pecat's doing it's really really interesting uh a lot of two-page splashes but they're kind of not two-page splashes because there's panels within that so overall i really enjoyed this uh, i don't love this book as much as tony as much as other people I'm kind of more excited than anything else to see Batman be Batman, Bruce Wayne be Batman. <clears throat> the whole Jim Gordon stuff, while it's interesting, it's just not my cup of tea. Not really digging out too much. Next up, we have Batman and Robin Eternal 19. We're, we're, we learned a lot about how Mother affects the people in the book, and it's affecting people that are young and there, there is a way around how this... It's like a virus. I'm still not even too sure. I feel like I need to reread everything. Kids are going crazy for mother. They all love mom. It's weird. So it kind of comes down to Tim Drake becoming infected with this as well. And there's a battle between him and Dick Grayson and Helena. And there is one way to get rid of this mother infection and that's with cranes uh scarecrow gas so the fear toxin kind of blocks out the sound of mother so that's kind of where scarecrow comes into play in all this and you know why was he around so much early on uh on the art on this book actually who was it right actually tim Seeley is actually the one that scripted this uh we had paul pelletier doing pencils and it's okay it's his art's good he can be hit or miss at times i really liked him on aquaman on this, okay. Uh, Tony Cordos on inks and Rain 
Barreto on colors. I believe Rain did a lot of work with Pelletier on Aquaman as well. I still say continue with this series. Like this would have been a in between a three or a four for me. Uh, it was just a solid kind of okay issue. Uh, kind of wondering like what's left at this point. Uh, let's go to more fun Batman things. <laughs> uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. This is just kind of this book makes me feel like I'm you know uh, sitting in my room playing with toys that's kind of how I feel like I have my Ninja Turtles toys out I got my Batman toys out and they're all kind of going to town uh, we get to see the Ninja Turtles here enjoying the Bat enjoying the Batcave uh, playing around in the Batcave it gets kind of like crazy at the end when we have a new villain kind of come into play and there's a kind of big fight between Shredder, Penguin, and then the Turtles and Batman. Uh, the last page is kind of nutty. I'm really excited to see where James uh, Tynan goes with this. Freddie Williams' art is awesome. I really, really enjoy it in this. He's got a really kind of unique style that plays well with the book and the characters. So uh, I would uh, say this is a definite read. Definitely pick this one up. I feel like I'm burning through these books. Uh, Green Lantern Corps, Edge of Oblivion. This is my, I don't know how to feel about this book of the week. I love the concept of the Green Lantern Corps being in another universe that's about to end, Relic's universe. Uh, I think Lost Lanterns is a really, really cool idea. and I was glad, uh, you know, I wasn't glad to see it end, but... <laughs> I was glad to see him that continue it with Edge of Oblivion. And we're, we're at this point where days before this universe ends, I guess. But I don't know. I'm just not into this. I'm not digging on this issue too much. It didn't really pull me in. Uh, it's, it's cool to see Van Skyver, Ethan Van Skyver doing art, you know, doing Green Lantern art again. I, I think, you know, he does some fantastic work. And here his art is relatively consistent. There's a few all right issues or not issues sorry overall you know just kind of okay moments where it's bumbling a little i uh, i don't know the overall story i'm just not too digging what tom taylor does in this issue you know this would probably be a three for me it's it's okay there's nothing really too exciting about edge of oblivion which stinks because i again think the concepts are really really awesome we have Flash 48 coming out this week. Again, this is another issue where, like, concept-wise, I'm really digging, uh, where the rogues are teaming up with Central City Police to kind of keep Flash in check. That's a cool idea. But the way it plays out... Uh, the way it plays out was all right. It's, I, I like the rogues. I like seeing the rogues. I, I want them to be a part of the book, but th this issue wasn't really my favorite. And I think the biggest problem I had with it was the artwork by Jesus Moreno. Moreno is it's not up to par. That's kind of the biggest problem I had with it. I just felt like it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't hit as as well as previous artists in this book. It's just kind of okay. It leads to just an okay book, and that's kind of stinks. I know Van Jensen's leaving the book soon, so uh, he announced that few days ago it's kind of a bummer i'd, I'd much rather see a better artist in the story i'm just kind of okay with 
Uh, then we have Suicide Squad 17. This has Tim Seeley on the new series, and they are really trying to rope in, to tie this into the movie, because this book sets up pretty much the movie characters. Uh, this had Juan Ferreira on art, and I I like Juan Ferreira's art when it comes to mystical books. When it comes to, like, was he on, he was on Constantine, was he? He was on Constantine, I believe. Uh, it looks good. I mean, his artwork looks good on mystical books, but when you have something more action-based, something that's not as dark, uh, something like New Suicide Squad, I just felt like it didn't work. His art looks good, but it just doesn't look good for this book. But this all uh, this issue leads to the new Suicide Squad being formed, but someone is hunting them down. Who could it be? I don't know. Uh, story-wise, I like where this is going, but the art is, for me, just not as good as it should be. Uh, finally, from DC this week is The Dark and Bloody. This is actually from Vertigo. It's a new, I believe, miniseries. I think I saw this is going to be six issues. I cannot remember off the top of my head. I believe this was Sean Aldridge writing. Uh, Godlewski was doing the art. This is about... There's a murder. <laughs> Hold on, I got to refresh for a second. It is a, it's a new horror series. There, there's a mysterious kind of murder. There's these bloody feathers around that were around where the disappeared bodies were. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I kind of like murder mysteries. I like horror. I kind of like the idea of, you know, supernatural. There's no indication that this is going to be a supernatural book. Uh, but kind of just the quick gist of this, like, it's go it's an interesting murder mystery. And, you know... This was a good start to to an opening Vertigo issue. Again, I love what Vertigo's doing. Mainly what Red Thorn and Unfollow are doing, but I am enjoying everything else. Uh, so if you're looking for something new from Vertigo, if you're looking for something new in horror, Dark and Bloody might be a good start. Uh, there's elements of horror, but it's not kind of, you know, as horrorish as something like... I was going to say Nailbiter, but I almost went to Vision. All right, moving on to Marvel. Uh, I'm just going to go with my favorite book this week, and that was The Ultimates, number four. This is dealing with Blue Marvel's past uh, with Antimatter Man. What was his name? I completely forgot. <laughs> so it's Dr., uh, Dr. Adam dealing with uh, Connor Sims. All right, so he's dealing with Connor Sims, uh, and it kind of, this whole issue kind of boils down to, you know, would you kill someone for the greater good? Uh, there is a fight between Connor and Adam here. It takes place kind of in this anti-matter space that almost outside of the universe. It's, it's really uh, kind of like an emotional issue, you know, kind of jumping back and forth between the past, between Adam and Connor and, you know, the present, you know, how, Connor became who he is, and the fact that over the years he's killed, you know, lots of people, including Adam's wife, and it's hard for him to, you know, forgive him for that. So it all kind of boils down to Adam deciding, you know, maybe I should, I can't forgive him for what he's done, but maybe I can still save him, which is a really kind of cool idea they've put into this issue. Uh, Kenneth Rockefeller's art is really good really 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 solid art i love what he is doing on this series i love what al ewing is doing with the writing this could not be better 
and the final pages of this issue are awesome and i cannot wait to see where this is going kind of dealing with you know what is outside of the universe and there's i'm not gonna tell you what happens i'm gonna make you go buy that book go go get it because it is probably one of the one of the best books one of the best ongoings right now i know it's four issues in but now we're coming up to all new Wolverine Five. Tom Taylor uh, with David Lopez and David Navarro uh, on the art. This was something like I I was reading this and kind of realized halfway through I'm like this is just a really solid like team book. I mean it it doesn't matter that it's all women on the team. It doesn't matter if a team's all men. Like this is just a good team book. Uh, kind of like inner space fun too, because uh. Wasp and X-23, I'm sorry, Wolverine, have to go into someone's, shrink down and go to someone's bloodstream to, like, destroy nanites. It's a fun adventure, and I always enjoy, you know, a nice fun adventure. I'm still a little, like, where is all-new Wolverine going? You know, what are we really going in the long run in this book? Uh, I would really, really recommend this series. It's just a really awesome team it's, i know it's not a team book it's a solo book but the way that it's presented here is just really just fun you know i like a good fun book heading to all new all different avengers so if you please tell me you've been reading the vision because the vision's a fantastic series but we're we're really playing with a lot of hey there's something really weird and disturbing going on with the vision and that really continues here that comes to the that comes to a just brick wall of a stop uh, by the end of this issue. Uh, Kamala Khan supposedly did something that put uh, bystanders in danger when she was in a fight, but it's all because the vision is kind of warping and manipulating what's going on. So she gets kicked off the team and, you know, Sam Nova is trying to help her out. But Sam knows that something's up with Vision, which kind of leads him to be, you know, held back while the Avengers go out for a, you know, to go on a fight. And that fight leads to something bigger in the return to, in the return of a classic Silver Age uh, Avengers villain. And we kind of find out that Vision, there's something else going on with Vision here. And there's a couple other small things at the end as well. I really, really like where that... That's probably... Next to Ultimate's one of my favorite team books. So All New, All Different Avengers has been a really cool journey because we're dealing with younger characters, uh, teenagers that are on this kind of very adult team. And, you know, how do they deal with, you know, being put into these adult situations? And that's really what the focus is on this, you know. They're teenagers and overly emotional, so they can't fight. That's kind of the idea that this book gives us, but that's completely wrong. So, All New to All Different Avengers is solid. Up next is Weird World number three. This is Sam Humphreys and Mike Del Mundo. Loved the first two issues. It's really, really fun, but I feel like I've kind of lost a bit of interest here. And it and it's probably deals with the fact that, you know, I'm these characters I'm not as familiar with like Morgan LaFrey uh, <laughs> Inferno uh, it's it's good it's really really interesting it's bizarre I think it's one of those series where you're gonna have to really stick with 
uh, and it's going to have a great payoff in the end. I mean, the book's really, it is comical. It's funny, but not over the top funny. We have uh, Ita the Watcher. Was it Ita? <laughs> yeah, Ita the Watcher, one of the many watchers who was watching over something big that's going to happen. It's going to change everything in Weird World. So this book's still crazy. Mike Del Mundo's art is ridiculously nuts. Look, this guy is just killing it on every single issue. Uh, while I've kind of lost a bit of interest in the story, I still highly recommend what's going on in that issue, in the series. That made make sense. I recommend the series. Go pick it up. Uh, we have Old Man Logan, Jeff Lemire, Andrea and Sorrentino. Uh, this book, this issue hammers into your skull what this is about. This is about Wolverine trying to make change the future he doesn't want his future to come about that's why he killed uh whatever that guy was in the first issue you know he's has a list of people he has to take out so that he doesn't kill those people and the future happens so the next person on his list in this one is uh bruce banner the hulk and we kind of get we're kind of intercut with wolverine's past where you know uh, the hulk clan the hulk family the hulk gang they're all you know killing people no problem with doing that. So because Old Man Logan is in the Marvel Universe currently, he's going after the Hulk, who is actually Amadeus Cho. And it's a weird kind of battle between the two, because Amadeus really just kind of holds back. And then Wolverine quickly realizes, you know, oh, wait. Well, actually, it wasn't that quick. <laughs> he realizes that it's not Bruce. And there's this kind of moment where he starts to realize, like, wait a minute this might not be the universe that I come from or the world that I come from because he doesn't remember a time where Amadeus Cho was Hulk or that Bruce Banner was just gone. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino and Marcello Maialo are doing some phenomenal work. I love Maialo's colors so much and him uh, and Sorrentino just do like an amazing job. Like the, the, fight, the fight scenes look awesome. There's some two-page splashes that are just awesome beautiful like this is this is the art of the week i guess yeah we'll say that that's art of the week uh i did try to get through deadpool 900 but in the i wanted to actually read as much as possible to do this and deadpool 900 not 900 <laughs> deadpool 7 was uh like almost 90 pages and it cost 10 bucks so i didn't get through it all i probably got through you know a good third of it so with Deadpool 7, it's the 25th anniversary issue. There's tons of different writers and artists on it. Uh, from what I read, it's fun. You know, I'm not sure if it's worth 10 bucks because I have a problem paying for $10 for like a floppy issue. I'd rather get like a first volume of a trade for $10 instead. Uh, if you like Deadpool, you've, that's going to be something you pick up. Uh, finally, from Marvel, we have Darth Vader 16. I am super in love with this book. This whole series is just making Deadpool look... Deadpool. Making Darth Vader look like a badass. It's been a very Deadpool week for me. <laughs> for all of us. Uh, Deadpool's just on the mind. So, Darth Vader returns to Palpatine with, you know... What was that? Crab Man. <laughs> Crab Man, whatever his name is. Uh, so Darth Vader is kind of working with some other people to kind of take out the rebel scum, which involves a lot of death and kind of sacrificing something that has production value to the people uh, over 
so the rebels can't you know occupy it ever again kind of Darth Vader says after completely destroying this area in molten lava like well the rebels can never use this as a base again it doesn't matter if it has you know you can use it anymore so the big thing with this is uh, at the end of the issue is that the rebels Princess Leia has Dr. Aphra and to rectify that Darth Vader wants to hire a bunch of or puts a bounty out on Afra, you know, like we want to get her back from the rebel. She knows too much essentially, but the kicker is it's dead or alive. So that could mean the end of Afra. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I hope not, but this is going to kind of continue over into the star Wars series as well. Really, really love this book. I think Kira Gillen does an amazing job. Uh, love Salvador LaRocca's art as well. This is, probably the best star wars book out right now trying to think i like star wars a lot but i think i like darth vader even more so if you're looking for a star wars book just start at issue one of this um i think the first volume's okay just okay but it really kind of sets up everything else that's happening so you need to read the story and i think that might be it for comics and i know that's only half an hour and this is kind of a weird format for this episode so unfortunately we are going to questions super duper early. First question comes from I don't know. First question on Twitter, lost at Super Bowl 50. Uh, how do you feel about the Ultimates? So I the Ultimates is my favorite uh, team book at Marvel right now. They're 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 taking a lot of underutilized secondary characters and putting them and a story that matters. What What's even better about all this is that, that while everything is high concept, it doesn't feel like it's over my head or over the reader's head, over my head. So I, I really do enjoy what, what they're doing with Al Ewing is doing with this book. I like the characters that are involved. It's a very, it's a different team. It's a team that we normally wouldn't see, you know, together. So it's definitely one of my favorites. It's something you need to read. Uh, next is from Abraham Bams. Have you have Tony and Corey seen Fantastic Four yet? Red boxed it last weekend, and it really wasn't that bad. Not sequel canceling bad. Uh, I don't think they've either of them have seen it, and I'm the only one recording today, so I have seen it, and I didn't like it. But whatever opinions, it wasn't a good movie. Like it, if you like it or didn't like it, that's fine. But as a movie, it was not good. <laughs> Read my review somewhere on comicfight.com, gamesmart.comicfight.com. Lewis says, R. Kirkman always pokes fun at major companies. Uh, recently, with the reboot, thoughts. Uh, I don't know. Like, major companies, indie books. I, everybody likes whatever they they want. I, I don't understand the whole poking fun at, like, Marvel and DC. If you don't like it, don't read it. Big deal. I think, I personally, I think Image Comics does better comics in general. I think they do a lot better work. Uh, I think they're a lot more free to do things they want. But people go to Marvel and DC for the superhero books. That's that's why you're going there. Uh, on occasion, you kind of get some revolutionary things at Marvel and DC. Uh, but you're kind of... But the indie books are where you go for, you know, something different. I, I think there's no reason to poke fun of Marvel and DC, personally. If you want to, go ahead. But 
everybody every company does something differently for a specific reason so take that Robert Kirkman the guy who the writer who got me back into comics with Battle Pope uh, Damien says what do you think comics will well yeah what do you think comics will look like in 50 years uh, we will be completely digital it's going to be I think like a 90% maybe 95% digital market I don't think maybe will print comics ever exist again in 50 years that was a super long pause for that I don't know if they'll they'll exist uh, 50 years from I don't know if any books will exist 50 years from now who knows I mean look where we were 50 years ago digital wasn't a thing and Chatham asks, uh, would you want to see Deadpool kills Deadpool as the sequel? Personally, uh, I'd rather see Cable Deadpool. I think that would be where uh, sequel-wise where I'd want to see it go. But yeah, because I feel like Deadpool de- uh, kills Deadpool just wouldn't. Maybe like a third movie, not a second movie. Like second movie has to be Cable Deadpool. There's just there's just so much to do there. Sure, you could do another solo Deadpool movie, but why not throw Cable in there? That'd be a lot of fun, right? That is it for questions, and because the news was covered on uh, what's it called, Supermassive, uh, which Corey and I talked in depth about, and because I answered questions on there instead, this is a super short podcast. Uh, Happy President's Day, guys. Thank you for for dealing with a a solo half an hour podcast. It is super tough to do this by yourself, Uh, but we will see you guys next week. I hope with a full caveat of characters and not just myself, or maybe I'll just take a week off and then those two can chat it up. Uh, Make sure to, I don't know, go to the site, comicfight.com. Ah, no, I'm sorry, comicfight.gamespot.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care.